Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I said, I'd like to have everybody's attention. Uh, gather around, please, everybody. It was about 13 people in the office. Gather around. I want you all to know that over the weekend I became a Christian, and I also want you all to know that you're all going to hell. <laughs> Literally, they were like, whoa, man, what happened to you? I'm like, well, on the weekend like, I became a Christian, well, the pastor was talking about that on Sunday, and I didn't know that, you know, you should have words seasoned with salt. The pastor didn't mention that. He just said, tell folk they're going to hell. I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. So I started telling folk, hey, you know you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. Okay. Oh, go <laughs> and uh, I look back, I was so ignorant. And uh, <laughs> I, was, I was obnoxious too. And, 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 and you know what? And then, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll wear off. It'll wear off, you know. And then, you know, a week goes by and I'm still the same. Month goes by. They stopped inviting me. I, at lunch, they used to go out to lunch, get a brewski, get some wings. They stopped inviting me to go get wings. And I'm like, okay, I feel a little insulted, but it's okay. You know, hey, y'all do y'all. That's fine. And they, they, they stopped inviting me because they start throwing me out um, outside of their circle now. When you become a Christian, the world is going to throw you out. Jesus said, they hate you because they hated me first. You should not expect to be liked by the world. As a matter of fact, let me tell you one thing. I didn't tell first or second, so y'all count yourself blessed. If the world likes you that much, you might want to check in. You might just want to check in your walk. Because something you ain't saying. Because everybody likes you. If you're talking about Jesus, everybody ain't going to like you. If you tell that, tell that guy, listen, I'm saving myself from my husband, well, he'll move on to the next girl. And that's exactly what he ought to do. I know I'm preaching to somebody in here. And that's exactly what he ought to do. Uh-huh. Y'all better hear me. Because they'll throw you out. The world will throw you out. Well, then they began to mock the blind beggar, the biography of the believer, the blind beggar. But then they began to mock him. And, and the world will mock you. And they started mocking me. You know, they started calling me Deacon. You know, hey, Deacon. Yeah, how you doing, Deacon? They just mocking me, Deacon. You know what? But it's really interesting. Tell me if I'm right about it. It's really interesting. As soon as something goes wrong in their life, as soon as something happens, the first person they call is the Christian. Am I right about that? That's the first person they call. Something starts going wrong, hey, Deacon. I mean, pay, I mean, I mean uh, pay off the finch. Because Deacon was mocking. Uh, can, 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 can you, come, come, come here, come I'm like, what, what, you want me to come, come, come here, come here, come here, come here. Shh, shh. listen, listen, I don't want you to don't tell anybody, but can you, like, throw up a prayer? Can you throw up a prayer to the big man upstairs? 
I'm like, what do you mean throw up a prayer? I don't throw up nothing. What you talking about? What you talking about? Throw up a prayer. Throw up a prayer. Throw it, throw up. Oh, yeah, you know, say a prayer for me. I, I, I mean, my wife is kind of crazy. You know, say a prayer for me. I said, well, listen, that ain't never going to help you anyway, but, I, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, ladies, calm down. Calm down, ladies. Calm down. Calm down. That's okay. I was like, so pray. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I need you to pray for me and whatever. And then, don't tell anybody because I mean, they don't want you to know. You know that and don't tell anybody. I go. Oh, okay. You want, you want me to pray for you? You want me to not tell anybody? Okay, let's pray. First person they call, although they mock, is the believer. Somebody clap your hands and say Amen, Pastor. That is the truth. And that's the biography of the blind man, and that's the biography of every born-again Christian. And before we leave verse 38, look at verse 38 again. It's pivotal because it's right here in this story that this man not only received his physical sight, but he also received his spiritual sight. Point number two, and finally, spiritual blindness is illustrated by the Pharisees in verse 39 through 41. We just read it. So now we move from spiritual sight to spiritual blindness. The subject of blindness is a very important subject in the Bible. As you study blindness in the Bible, it's a spiritual metaphor, and it speaks of those who are unable to see God's truth. When a man is physically blind, he can't see God's visible representation. He can't see the trees, the birds, the bees, the earth, the sky, the sun, the moon. A man who is spiritually blind can't see God's invisible revelation. He can't see love, truth, holiness, forgiveness, grace, joy, eternal life, acceptance, peace. This is God's invisible revelation. And just like the physically blind does not see the sky, the spiritually blind does not see the holiness and purity of God. The physically blind does not see the blanket of green that covers the earth. The spiritually blind cannot see the grace of God. As the blind eye does not see the immensity, the enormity, the vastness of creation, so the blind spirit does not see the limitless power of God. As the blind eye cannot see light, so the blind spirit cannot see the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And so blindness becomes a metaphor for being spiritually in the dark and unable to see and discern God's truth. Now, why are people spiritually blind? Because, listen, the Bible is very clear about this. People are spiritually blind because the God of this world has blinded them and they can't see the truth. That's why they're blind. And I am amazed at the depth and the level and the vastness of preachers and churches of the spiritual blindness as it relates to this new oxygen tv show preachers of los angeles i see four people agree listen and maybe some of you have not even seen it if you haven't seen it raise your hand Oh, that's a lot. Okay. All right. Well, good. I explain myself. Let me, I'm not going to explain. I'm going to explain myself. Okay. So this show, no wonder y'all seem so shocked. I didn't know what I'm talking about. Okay. 
Well, look, there's a show on TV called Preachers of Los Angeles, and, and Oxygen is, is carrying this show. And this show is about, um, it has four preachers, three of them black, one of them white, which does not matter. The fact is, all of these preachers are prosperity preachers. All of these preachers have incredible wealth. I mean, they're driving $400,000 cars. They're living in $7 million homes. Uh, one of the preachers, uh, Dietrich Haddon is his name, divorced his wife, then is living with a girl, a woman who he had a baby with. The baby, that is that, is that right? Okay, who he had a baby with, and, and, and he's one of the preachers. And so there is a lot of, a bunch of hoopla-la out there about this show where there are Christians who, and pastors who think this is a disgrace and a mockery and, and, and a black mark on the church of Jesus Christ and on the name of Jesus Christ, I being one of them, am I right about it? I being one of them, but then there's a whole massive group of, of Christians who see nothing wrong with this. Preachers who see nothing wrong with this. Preachers who are condoning it because they too are prosperity preachers. Listen, if somebody asks you, is Pastor Rodney a prosperity preacher, you tell them, no way, Jose. No. Do I believe that God will provide your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Yes. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Do I believe that? Yes, I do. God said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I'm a witness. All right. But do I believe that God will provide your greed according to his riches in Christ Jesus? No. God doesn't provide your greed. And they're driving Bentleys and uh, it's a disgrace and I actually am happy that a lot of you have not seen it because it's 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 terrible it's terrible and there's Christians defending Christian believers defending these people why should they have this and why should they have that Jesus himself said foxes have holes and birds have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head and they're driving Bentleys and $7 million cars. And, and, and it's a reality show, which let me tell you something. There is no such thing. And listen, listen, y'all came to third service. Hold on to your head. I hope you brought your lunch. Listen. There is no such thing as a reality show. There is no such tell of a reality show. It's not reality. They're cutting and clipping and pasting and putting this together and putting that together so this will look like that and that will look like this in order to keep the ratings up. Well, if they're cutting and pasting and editing, and, and how, that's not reality. Re, that's not reality. There's no such thing as a reality show. It's what they want you to see show. The, it should be called the reality we, Holly Weird wants you to see show. But reality, it's not a reality show. And these preachers of Los Angeles, I don't call them preachers of Los Angeles because when I think of preachers, I think of preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and I do realize that pre the word preacher means to proclaim a message. I got that. But I don't call them preachers because they are not preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They might be a P of L.A. And you, you, you fill in the P, whatever you want to <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Pray for me, don't judge me. But they're not preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. A black mark, and that's just what the church needs, is another uh, situation or example for the world to look at and see those Christians are fake and they're phony. All they want to do is take your money and buy their $7 million homes and their Bentleys and their Ferraris and their, and their Maybachs and, 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 and off the backs of Poor people who can't even pay their electric bill, their social security. It's not the Lord. God is not pleased. And how are they doing this? How are they doing this? Because the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their minds. The God of this world has blinded their minds. That's how people are spiritually blind. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, Paul tells us, but even if our gospel, y'all, I am out of breath. Please read that for me. <laughs> read it for me. Come, let me start y'all off because y'all, uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Okay. But even if our God. <laughs> who do not believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. In other words, listen, Paul says, if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden from the lost. And the reason they're lost is because the God of this world has blinded their minds. In other words, the unbeliever's mind is darkened because the God of this world is preventing the light of the gospel from shining on them. And thus it is hidden from them. But when a person is born again, all of a sudden, the eyes of their soul are open, and now they can understand and comprehend spiritual things. And that's why when you're talking to somebody who is not a believer, and you're trying to talk to them about spiritual things, and they don't get it, it's not that they maybe don't want to get it, it's that they can't get it. Because they don't have the Spirit of God in them, their eyes of understanding have not been enlightened or opened so that they can see. So the natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit. Well, that's 1 Corinthians 2, 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are, what? Foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are, what? spiritually discerned. You need to have the Holy Spirit in you in order to understand spiritual things. Now, does that mean they can't read a scripture and understand? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Of course they can understand that. But the deep things of God and, and, and the deeper spiritual things of God, they cannot comprehend it. They can't comprehend the fact that you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And because of that, you need the, your sin paid for, that God has to be satisfied. The righteous wrath of God has to be satisfied. When you're talking about those kind of things, they don't get it because those things are spiritually understood. Well, look at verse 39. We got to move on. For judgment, I have come into the world. Look at verse 39. You looking at it? For judgment I have come into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who, may, who see may be made blind. Now, at first glance, this verse might seem like a contradiction, because John 3, 17, Jesus said, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John 12, 47, Jesus said, I did not come to judge the world, 
but to save the world. So at first glance, this verse seems like a contradiction. When Jesus says he came to judge, he means condemnation is not his first or direct objective. He came to save. From cover to cover, we see Jesus as a seeking savior. So it's God's divine objective to save the lost. When Jesus says, for judgment I came into the world, that means as salvation comes to people by truth, a division happens and rebellion is revealed. And those who don't believe are confirmed in their unbelief. You see, the mission of Jesus was not to condemn. It was to save. But he saves by being the truth and speaking the truth and doing the truth. And those who are not of the truth and refuse to embrace the truth are condemned. And their refusal to accept the truth reveals and confirms their blindness and unbelief. And that will condemn them. Now look at the last half of verse 39. That those who do not see may see and those who see may be made blind. In other words, those who have perfectly good eyes in their head who can think and reason, who can see the evidences and hear the sermons and read the Bible, but will not admit they are blind, they will become more blind. And the more they resist that light, the harder and deeper the blindness. We've all heard the same sun that hardens the clay, softens the wax. Well, listen, the same light that leads one person can blind another. The gospel of Jesus Christ brings different reactions from different hearts. The blind sinner receives the truth and sees. The self-righteous religious person rejects the truth and becomes more blind. It's a dangerous thing to reject the light. In other words, those who think they see are in fact really blind. But those who say, God, I don't see. Are you listening? God, I don't see. God, I need your help. They will see. Jesus' point is, if we confess that we really are blind, then we will receive sight. Look at verse 40. So the Pharisee said, you mean to tell me that we're blind also? Now let's strip it back. Jesus is simply talking about self-deception. The Pharisees actually believed they were spiritual and blameless. They were self-deceived, weren't they? The Pharisees claimed to know God and they didn't. They claimed to be children of Abraham, and they weren't. They claimed to follow Moses. John 5, 46, Jesus said, If you believe Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. They were self-deceived. Do you know, listen, look at me. People can actually believe something that is completely false. Did you hear me? Or you could tell a lie so much that you actually believe it's true. We all know people like that, don't we? They have told that same lie so often. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. <laughs> you have told that same lie so much that you actually believe that it's true. You're self-deceived. I think of American Idol. I don't know why I thought of American Idol. But some of those people on American, they actually think they can sing. So Randy Jackson asked them, 
Why do they think they can sing? And they say, well, because everybody tells them they can. Their mother told them they can. Their father, all the family members tell them they can. And they, they, they don't realize all, of, all the family members, they just lying to you. You can't sing? You sound like you're like you killing cats. You can't sing. You're self-deceived. The Pharisees were self-deceived. They believed something that simply wasn't true. Look at verse 41. Jesus said, if you were blind, you would have no. Look at verse 41. If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, underline that, because that is profound. Now you say. This little statement of now you say is a statement of accountability. Jesus is saying, in reality, they do not see. In reality, they are blind and their guilt remains and they are accountable, which means there is a kind of blindness that is rooted in willful rebellion against the light of God. It's a moral, spiritual blindness, not a physical one. Now, John 9, listen, I'm going to close here. John 9 is like no other gospel. Uh, John chapter 9 is like no other chapter in John's gospel. And the reason is because here in John 9, we see how God deals with the soul of a person and how God heals the soul of a person. Think with me, stay with me. We're all spiritually blind from birth. Somebody say amen. Amen. This blind man was blind from birth, yes? Jesus takes the initiative in healing us from our blindness. Understand it's a work of new creation, not reformation. This is important. It's a work of new creation, not reformation. In other words, this blind man wasn't seeing and then blinded, and now Jesus healed him, and he's seeing. No. He was blind from birth, so he is a new creation. It's not reformation. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Jesus calls us to be obedient to what he commands. He told the blind man, go to the pool, wash, and you'll see. Jesus commands us to be washed in the water of baptism. We become a mystery to our friends and our family. When you become a Christian, they don't understand you. They didn't understand this guy. They didn't even believe it was him. Read the story. They didn't believe it was the same person. We show loyalty to Jesus. The blind man was defending Jesus, remember? When we, were, when we are persecuted, we, are, we boldly testify of his work in our lives. We go from little knowledge to greater knowledge to greater knowledge to the point of worship. Remember, man, a prophet, God, curios, Lord, Savior. So we go from little knowledge to greater knowledge to even greater knowledge to the point of worship. And it's interesting, we never knew. Did y'all get this? A whole chapter. Now we're done with this chapter. Did you get this? We never knew this man's name. We do not know he is a nameless, blind, used to be blind beggar. We don't know this man's name. Why? Because the man isn't important. Jesus is the important one. 
And a true disciple is content to remain anonymous if the Lord is getting the glory. So I've told you in the past, nobody comes to Jesus without being affected. In this case, you can either be blinded or enlightened. You can either claim to see, understand spiritual things, but you don't. Or you realize you're spiritually blind and you need to ask Jesus to restore your sight. And maybe you've never committed your life to God and you can't see. Maybe you've committed your life to God at some point in your life, but you can't see him today. Are you listening? I'm talking about today. Where are you today? No one can come into contact with Jesus without either being blinded or enlightened. That is the fact of Scripture. You cannot come in contact with Jesus without being blinded or enlightened. Which one are you? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.